Hello everybody, this is Wes Woodbury with another Kickstarter side quest. So let's do a quick recap. I thought I would do an episode today for side quest just based on some observations I saw uh, throughout my campaign, which is only four days in, but also today specifically. But to start off with, I'm four days in, 10 days left, a very short campaign, so it's two weeks long, 473% funded, 108 wonderful backers, and just excited where the project is going. So one of the things I noticed that I wanted to share with anybody that's a new creator is that no matter what size your campaign is, you're going to get random emails and random messages through Kickstarter and through your whatever email you have affiliated with that from people that want to try to advertise your game. They're going to want to try to sh say they have a reach of 15,000 people or a reach of 50,000 people and guarantee you uh, certain amounts of funding. Uh, and I can attest that the first time I did a Kickstarter, I actually supported one of those people and definitely regretted it. Uh, and I've seen many, many requests and comments on Facebook groups and other sites that highly recommend not to do such things. So again, uh, you will get these kind of emails. I probably have had about 12 of them just in the past four days uh, I think half of them through email and half of them through Kickstarter itself and so just you can either ignore them or you can send a reply and just say uh, thanks for the offer no thank you uh, just never get involved in that kind of stuff it's best if you are planning to spend any money on advertising spend that on something that is proven and is legitimate so that might be Facebook advertising or um, Twitter advertising or making a better video or something like that just never do those random cold call advertising promotions alright so that is one thing that I noticed this campaign the second thing I noticed is the sheer number of games that came out today so if you are active on Kickstarter you might already watch this and it's something that I watch for but for those of you that don't and you're still kind of just focused on your game and not so much on what's happening in the Kickstarter world there were 42 game projects launched on just the tabletop game category so what I always do is I will filter in my mobile app and I will look at uh, games and then I will specifically look at tabletop games so 42 campaigns launched today anytime between midnight and four o'clock this evening my time and so these are game components so there's dice there's RPGs there's miniatures there's dice towers there's uh, other things going on that are not specifically games but there is still a ton of actual games and the games can vary there's a game about an alien zoo that just launched there's one about submarines there's one about knights there's one about animals one about gods, one about space, one about beards as an RPG, one about robots, one about passion and love and relationships, there's a western with dice, there's pirates searching for rum, there's a drinking game, there's a fishing game, there's a politics games, and there's many, of course, fantasy games. So just to, to see that volume of games in a single day, just something to be wary of when you are planning your campaign. You can never truly anticipate what you're going to be up against when you launch. So to say I'm going to try to launch on a day when there's not much going on or when there's not many big campaigns, you honestly never really know. And um, to go against 42 games, the only way that you can survive in that kind of environment is if you have built a following in advance. So you would have had to build a crowd first of at least a percentage of what you want your funding goal to be. And that's through emails and through um, groups that you started in advance and all the things that we've talked about in some of our Kickstarter journey episodes. So definitely wanted to share that with you. 
the other thing I wanted to share with you is a couple things about my campaign specifically. Uh, so again, I never anticipated this to be a huge fundraising campaign, uh, just trying to keep my name relevant in Kickstarter and experiment with a new game component that I've designed uh, that will probably be used in a future game that I'm working on. Uh, but regardless, the, what I wanted to let you know is that customization is actually very appealing to many people. Uh, so what I had offered in my game was at the lowest price point, you could get the deck of dice and the die minions, and you would get that for $15 Canadian. And about half of my backers went for that, which was great because I just wanted to be able to get the game out there. Uh, now, just for a dollar more, it offers people custom art. So they're getting exactly the same deck, uh, sorry, not custom art, but alternate art. They're getting exactly the same deck of dice, just with a different backer. And quite a few people have gone for that and they get an option to choose from 24 uh, actually it's up to 36 now that a stretch goal was hit 36 different card backs and that can vary from a knight to a wizard to a dragon to a monster uh, to a special landscape so i have no idea which ones they're going to pick yet that'll be chosen in the kickstarter survey but it's just interesting to see how many people are interested in customizing their deck back to have what they want on it. And even more so, there's another tier that they can customize and send in their own art for. And quite a few people have gone in for that as well, including um, game reviewers and game designers, because they want to be able to have a deck of dice with their logo on the back, which is pretty cool. So... Um, just wanted to share with you that customization, we've talked about that in some of our Kickstarter journeys. Uh, some people like to get their faces on cards, some people like to get their images on cards, and it's just proven that it does uh, have an impact in the gamer audience. So that's something to be aware of if you're designing your own game. Do you have anything you can do to customize it without obviously sabotaging your costs? Uh, one of the benefits of going through a print-on-demand service is I can print any number of different styles at the same cost because I'm not looking at a bulk discount. And then the third one is about languages. So uh, another great thing about in-demand is you can actually alter the language for independent copies at no additional cost. So normally if you want to do an uh, additional language, you want to make a French language game or you want to make a Spanish game or you want to make Italian game, uh, if you want to do any of that, normally you have to pay a significant amount and to make a certain number of copies. And so with this in-demand, I realized, uh, unfortunately, after I'd already launched, I was like, hey, I've never even thought about doing that, but now I have a French version available and I'm working on an Italian version. And there may be other groups out there that will just want a different language. And it's the reason I can do it is it's just for six cards and for a one-page rule set for Dominions. But it's just cool that you can offer a game in their own language right there in the campaign. And I think that's going to help just gather some more awareness for this particular campaign. So if you're ever trying to launch something, a small card game, and you're planning to use an in-demand service, such as drive-through cards or uh, the Game Crafter, you definitely have that option and it's something you could plan in advance. And one of the cool things about that is that there's tons of gamers out there that may be willing to do the translations for you for free. You definitely don't want to just go in and use Google Translate and hope it does the job for you because you're going to get your sentences all mixed up and uh, people aren't going to enjoy that experience. You need to find somebody who's fluent in the language that's willing to do it. And you can either pay them with a free game or... Um, 
you could pay them money for it, or maybe they just want to do it because they're your buddy. Who knows? But that customization through language, I think, is going to play a big part over the next 10 days because I do hope to reach out to some different people in different communities and say, hey, do you have time to translate one page of rules and six cards to your language? If so, I'll send you a free game. Um, and I'm really excited to see where that can lead. And it'll give me another week to just try to share that aspect. And I'll share that the experiment results of that with you, uh, the French and the Italian, which I already have on the go, and then whatever other languages I can pop into the campaign in the next few days. It will be really interesting to see what kind of support that might gather. Getting close to my 10-minute max that I like to put on these Kickstarter journeys, or Kickstarter side quests, I should say. So what's up next? Uh, we have Jay Cormier coming soon for his uh, mind management game. I've got a gentleman that's not too far from where I live. He lives in about two hours away in Edmonton, and he's going to be doing um, discussion on, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, Rolling Empires, I believe it's called. His name is Nick Fong. And then I've got another gentleman who made a kind of a comical cat fantasy-based game named Tyler, who did Furball. I'll be reaching out to him, and we should have a chat soon. And um, there's a couple other people that are kind of up-and-comers. Uh, I think we've got Chai T42 coming up with Daniel Kazmaier and um, a couple other people lined up for March. So there's going to be no shortage of Kickstarter journey episodes in the near future, so look forward to those. And I will end this particular side quest now. Thank you for listening to all these wonderful experiences that I've had and others have had, and we'll talk to you next time.